This week on Hometown Ghost Stories. Northumberland is England's northernmost county and home to some of Europe's oldest castles. The Bamber Castle and Lindisfarne are two such examples. With expansive history and a dark past, it's no surprise that these two ancient castles are some of the world's most haunted. Ghost Stories contains serious and often distressing events and is not intended for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Northumbria, 651 A.D. It was a cold, gray dusk as the waves crashed over the icy sand on the northeast shore of the Bebenberg Fort. Ten-year-old Oswald turned and called to his younger sister Audrey to hurry up. They had to get back home before dark, and still had to make their way through the forest to the south of the fort. Oswald was resolute in his mission to get home before dark, but Audrey seemed not to be bothered, stopping every few paces to twirl around uselessly. "'Audrey!' Oswald called as she stopped to pluck a twig from the long grass and wave it around like a magic wand. "'I put a curse on you,' she teased. Oswald wasn't in the mood. He glanced up at the sky, and despite the ubiquitous cloud cover, knew the sun sat low on the horizon, leaving less than an hour before the darkness of night blanketed the sky. Before they left their house that morning, their mother gripped Oswald by his arm and offered him a stern warning. Go straight to grandmother's house, drop off the bread, and come straight back home, she instructed. She also added that it was imperative for them to be home before dark so as to avoid the Shea Dugengen lurking in the woods. Shea Dugengen, shadow walkers, shapeshifters that lurked in the woods of Northumbria at night, sometimes taking the form of someone familiar or harmless, gaining your trust before transforming back into their natural demonic form and taking you away or killing you and leaving your body for the ravens. Oswald grasped his little sister's arm and tugged her along towards the tree line that marked the last leg of their journey home. They made their way through the thick tangle of trees, the shade from the snow-capped branches making the dusk sky seem even darker than it was. Audrey was singing while Oswald kept his eyes on the trees in his peripheral to make sure no shadowy creatures were lurking. Suddenly, he heard a stick snap behind him. He glanced back to see a cloaked figure hunched over several paces behind them on the path. Oswald froze, and Audrey, unaware, continued forward until she realized her brother wasn't moving. She turned around. Oh, hi, Grandmother. The hunched-over figure approached, and as Oswald's eyes adjusted, he also recognized the woman as his grandmother. What are you doing out here? he asked her. You forgot your bread the old woman replied. The bread was for you, Oswald responded. Mother baked it for you, Audrey added enthusiastically. The woman didn't say anything, just grinned, exposing perfect pearly white teeth. Oswald took a defensive step back and grabbed Audrey's hand, pulling her back with him. She cried out, but Oswald leaned over and whispered harshly in her ear, That's not grandmother. Grandmother has missing teeth. The woman's grin had grown menacingly wide, but her eyes weren't sharing her mouth's enthusiasm. They were wide open and black, as if the pupil had completely taken over the white of her eyes. Oswald turned and began running, pulling his screaming sister along with him. He noticed he couldn't hear the old woman pursuing them, so he chanced to look over his shoulder, and he too began to scream. The woman was soundlessly keeping pace with them, still grinning, her legs seemingly unmoving, but Oswald couldn't be sure due to the darkness. Shea Dugenga. He was sure of it. As they approached the edge of the forest, Oswald could see the faint flickering light 
coming from where their house sat just beyond the clearing. He squeezed his eyes shut, hoping he just needed to clear the forest, but tripped over a root, causing him and his sister to go sprawling onto the dirt path. He braced himself to be torn apart by the creature, but nothing came. He opened his eyes and just saw Audrey, who sat hugging her knees. The woman impersonating their grandmother was gone, nowhere to be seen. Relieved, Oswald helped his sister up, and the two walked back to their home. Their mother was in the doorway, and she looked very angry. As soon as she saw them, she began scolding Oswald, but only got a few words out before she stopped short. Her look of anger melted to a look of pure fear. She pointed behind Oswald and cried out, What is that? Oswald's blood ran cold, and he slowly turned around to see what was behind him. He saw Audrey standing there, grinning ear to ear, glaring at him with cold black eyes. I'm Dave Wilkins, and this is Hometown Ghost Stories, Bambra Castle, Northumberland, UK. Northumberland is England's northernmost county and can be dated back to prehistoric settlements before the Romans established control over the area in 122 AD. The name of the Kingdom of Northumbria derives from Anglo-Saxon, meaning the people or province north of the Humber. Archaeologists have studied the Mesolithic structure at Howick, which dates back to 7500 BC and has been identified as Britain's oldest house. They have also found tools, ornaments, building structures, and cairns dating to the Bronze and Iron Ages when the area was occupied by Brythonic Celtic peoples who had migrated from Central Europe. Northumberland can claim more castles than any other county, the oldest habitation, the most battle sites, and the first successful steam locomotive. The present-day county is a vestige of an independent English kingdom that once stretched from Edinburgh to the Humber. Before that, the region served as the most northern outpost of the Roman Empire. After the fall of the Roman Empire, and before the Kingdom of Northumbria was settled, it was mostly controlled by native British tribes. The first Anglian settlement was effected in 547 by Ida the Flamebearer, who, accompanied by his six sons, pushed through the narrow strip of territory between the Cheviots and the sea, and set up a fortress at Bambra which became the royal seat of the Bernician kings. There are more than 10,000 castles in the continent of Europe, the British county of Northumberland claiming 70 of those. Most, if not all, are said to be haunted, but two of them are considered to be among the country's most haunted. Lindisfarne was a place of pilgrimage after the enshrinement of St. Cuthbert in 687 AD. In those early days of pilgrimage, the original priory was built by monks and founded in 635 AD by the evangelist St. Aidan. St. Cuthbert visited the island for the first time and was consecrated as Bishop of Lindisfarne in 685. When he died, he was buried on the island, but years later, his casket was reopened and his corpse was found not to have decomposed, which resulted in hundreds of people making a pilgrimage to Lindisfarne to visit it. The monks were eventually forced to flee the island due to Viking raids, and it went unoccupied until the priory was rebuilt in the year 1082. The Lindisfarne Castle was built in the mid-1500s, centuries after the priory, but was reduced to ruins until 1902, when the structure that currently stands was built. Legend has it, the ghost of St. Cuthbert haunts the ruins of the priory as well as the area around the castle. His spirit is seen mainly on nights when the moon is full and the tide is high across the roadway to the mainland. Some witnesses to the strange phenomenon have also witnessed a pale white phantom dog accompanying the holy apparition. In the Lindisfarne Castle, people have reported seeing the apparition of a man wearing a 17th century British army uniform. He is believed to be the ghost of an English soldier who fought and likely died in the English Civil War. The apparition has resided there since the parliamentarian forces attacked the royalist garrison that was posted at the castle. 
Bambra Castle is a castle on the northeast coast of England, by the village of Bambra in Northumberland. It has long been a focal point for views of the Northumberland coast, and it has featured in countless paintings, postcards, and photographs over the years. The oldest surviving above-ground parts of the castle date from the 12th century, but records of the fort itself can be dated as far back as the year 547 AD when Ida the Flamebearer captured the wooden burr and made it his seat, which he ruled from. That wooden burr could have been there as early as 420 AD, but there are no records to verify an exact date. Around the year 600, the castle was passed down to King Athelfrith, who passed it to his wife Beba, from whom the early name Bebenberg was derived. The original fort was destroyed by Vikings in 993 AD. The castle was rebuilt, and in the year 1006, was ruled by Uhtred the Bold. Uhtred ruled for seven years before he was defeated by Danish King Swain Forkbeard in 1013. Three years later, Swain's son Canute invaded Yorkshire and overwhelmed Uhtred's forces. He was summoned to a peace meeting with Canute, but him and 40 of his men were ambushed and murdered by Thurbrand the Hold on their way down. The castle fended off many raids from Scots, attempted to besiege from all directions, and wars over the centuries. Today it stands as a private home of the Armstrong family, who are committed to preserving the fortress. The castle is visited by thousands of tourists yearly, but not all who walk its ancient halls are among the living. This castle, like so many others, is haunted by the ghosts of those who died there. 2016. Bambra Castle Carly was attending her best friend's wedding. Well, she wasn't just attending it, she was the maid of honor, and she had drank too much wine. But it was her best friend's wedding, and she had already given her toast, so who cares? She was happy for her friend, but was annoyed at the horrible pink color she picked for the bridesmaid dresses. Carly had stepped out of the venue hall to find a bathroom, and found herself wandering the stone corridors of the great castle. It was so incredibly old, hard to fathom all the history these stone walls had experienced. Her thoughts were suddenly interrupted by another bridesmaid at the far end of the corridor. She couldn't tell who it was because she was so far away, but recognized the pink dress. Carly quickened her pace to catch up with the woman, but she had turned a corner. Carly called out to her and turned the corner just in time to see the woman disappear up a dark stairway. There's no way she's supposed to go up there, Carly thought, and almost abandoned her pursuit, but curiosity got the better of her. She crept up the dark stairway, which led her to the castle roof. The bitter cold night air was enough to make Carly again consider abandoning the pursuit but she caught a glimpse of the woman standing on a stone ledge. Carly called out to her, but the woman didn't respond, just leapt off the edge. Carly screamed and ran to the edge. It was a long way down and dark, so Carly couldn't see anything. She ran back down the stairs and back to the wedding in tears. She ran to the bride and told her what happened, but the confused bride assured her that all the bridesmaids were accounted for. Unconvinced, Carly found the event coordinator and told her what had happened. The coordinator just laughed and said, Oh, you saw the pink lady of Bambra. She's a ghost that haunts the castle. At some point in the expansive history of the castle, there lived a Northumbrian princess. Her father, the king, had disapproved of a relationship that he noticed developing between his daughter and a boy who was unworthy of her royal stature. So the king arranged to have the boy work on a ship that was bound for a seven-year voyage. He didn't allow any contact between his daughter and the boy while he was overseas in hopes that the passion would cool during that time. But his daughter just sank into a state of depression. In a feeble attempt to convince his daughter to get over her love, the king told her that he received word that the boy had married someone else. Shockingly, this only made her depression worse. In attempt to cheer her up, the king then had the castle seamstress make her an exquisite dress in her favorite shade of pink. The princess somberly donned the dress, climbed the stairway to the highest battlements, and flung herself to her death on the rocks below. Shortly afterward, her lover returned from exile, unmarried, and was heartbroken by the news of what had happened. Every seven years, the princess's sorrowful ghost dressed in a gown of shimmering pink, 
wanders the corridors of the castle before gliding up the stairs and flinging herself off the ledge to the beach below, where her apparition stands at the edge of the sea, gazing into the empty horizon, waiting for her love to return. Green Jane was a poor girl from the village of Bambra. Her parents sent her to the castle to beg for scraps of food, so she made her way up there carrying a baby in her arms. She made it to the castle gate, where she begged the guards to let her in. They let her through the gate, but for some reason, never let her into the castle. Instead, they taunted her and abused her, shoving her down a flight of stone steps, causing her death. The baby she was carrying also died from the fall. Jane's ghost is seen and heard from the green within the grounds. Her apparition has been seen at the top of the stairs, and people claim to hear her disembodied screams. People also claim to hear the sound of a baby crying in the area, even when there is no baby around. Visitors to the castle have claimed to see a woman in a green shawl holding a baby at the top of the stairs. They witness her stumble and scream, but when they hurry over to help her, she disappears. The King's Hall is another section of the castle that is believed to be haunted. Visitors to the castle have reported hearing the piano playing by itself, and there have been numerous reports of a tall cloaked figure that walks the hall, but disappears when approached. There were three separate encounters with the tall cloaked figure in 2007 alone. Bambra Castle and the Holy Island of Lindisfarne are just two of many haunted locations in the ancient land of Northumberland a land that has a vast history and countless mysterious legends dating back to medieval times and beyond. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome into Hometown Ghost Stories, episode number 108. I'm Jesse Wilkins. I am joined by Rob Coakley. Hello, Rob. So I was just, I was so taken aback that I had to mute myself for a second because I need to know, do you guys think that as they were naming these towns, they were just absolutely hammered drunk and it's just like, call Castle Barbara. It seems like every name is just kind of just kind of like something that they just barely were able to get out of their mouth at the time. Well, it was Bebenberg first, right? Yeah. Dave, who's yeah. also joining us. Hi, Dave. Hey. Hey. So it was Bebenberg first, and then it had to be a drunk guy that someone was like, what's the name of that castle? He's like, Bambra. Bambra. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. All of these Lincoln, they are the all of these towns kind of evolved over time in England. Like Lincolnshire used to be like Lincolnchestershire. <laughs> they did shorten all of them. Yeah. So a lot of this stuff, if you're familiar with the um, Last Kingdom books or the Last Kingdom TV series followed by the movie, then you know about a lot of these locations. I mean, if you're from England, you might know a lot of a lot of these locations. But one of the th- one of the things that they did in that show was they would tell you the original name, Mercia or you know, uh, North, you know, Northumbria or whatever. And then it would, it would do a little transition. It would change into what it's called today. So it'd be like Northumberland instead of Umbria or whatever Mercia is now, which is split into, I think a few different areas and everything. So there's a whole lot of them. And everyone was like Ethelwald, Ethelwizzle, Ethelshill, Ethel, whatever. It was all Ethel something. There was a reason for that. It's what, it, yeah, the etymology was basically broken down to what basically like two parts of the name would mean. So like, I think Alfred was broken down to, it meant, I think, the studied or something like that. I don't have it right in front of me, so I don't know exactly, but like Ethel was, usually they were, they were religious based too. I don't have them right in front of me, so I don't want to say one way or the other what they meant. But well, I'm glad that you're trying. How it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Battling my way through this. <laughs> Things, if you stop halfway through explaining something, you can then say that you're not actually going to explain it. It's perfect. It's like right. nothing ever happened. So 
I'm excited okay, about that instance, one. Well, for instance, the castle Lindisfarne, right? Lindisfarne was broken down. Lindis meaning people of Lindsay, which at the time was Lincolnshire, and Far Farena meaning traveler. So basically it meant if the people who founded Lindisfarne were from Lincoln. Thanks. I gotcha. For example. That is the example. Yes. I like that. That's that's good stuff. Uh, you know what else I like? I like that last week for no reason whatsoever, I made a Viking song. And then I was like, well, can't do anything with this because we don't do stuff about Vikings. Then all of a sudden Dave finds out, I find out that Dave's doing a Viking episode. I'm like, that is awesome and perfect. <laughs> Thank you so much. This will not just be another waste of time. But exactly. I'm looking forward to being like, we hate covering these type of locations. Plateaus, haunted plateaus, hate them. <laughs> Got to cover them. Can't stand them. Very good. Uh, let's hop into some of the hauntings here. So we finally had What's first. Oh. continue our journey of dedicating every episode to a VIP patron. This week, we are dedicating this episode to VIP patron Robert H., who I believe is from the UK. I'm 95% sure. I believe he's in chat today too. So thank you for being a VIP patron for so long, Robert H. We appreciate you. But yes, let's hop into some of the hauntings of this uh, crazy location of Northumberland. This is actually technically Northumberland part two because we covered Chillingham Castle uh, so long ago, which is also part of Northumberland. And that is, I actually included a couple of the images of castles. One of them was Chillingham Castle, if you were watching along there. But uh, there, are, I think, are five major castles in Northumberland that are haunted, and I covered two of them. We covered Lindisfarne and uh, Bambra Castle. But I started off with that story about the Skeadugengen, which are basically shadow walkers that was believed to exist by the ancient Saxon people. This predates when, Sac when the Saxon lands were joined with the East Anglian lands before they were even called Anglo-Saxons. This is a very old legend. And basically, these are shadow walkers that would stalk the woods at night. They could shapeshift, and they could take the shape of somebody familiar to you to, to gain your trust. Most often they would take the form of a child and the most infamous form of the Shea de Gengen are the black-eyed children, most commonly of Canic Chase. We covered them in an earlier episode, uh, but these apparitions have been spotted all over the world. So it's believed that they're mostly legend, but who knows? Because we have you know, different variations of this type of haunting, whether it's skinwalkers or shapeshifters or the Shea de Genga or what have you but I thought these were pretty interesting. And also pretty terrifying. That was actually one of my uh, favorite opening ghost stories that we've done besides all of mine and Rob's, but then, right. yeah. And all the other ones that you've done. Yeah. But it's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> no, it really was. That was, that was cool. Nice little twist at the end there as well. It's mm. top on a wave for sure. Like, yeah, absolutely. Of. Yeah. It's a horrifying concept. And the fact that it's based off of actual hauntings in the area is also pretty scary. There's a lot of horrifying things out here. A lot of cool castles in this area. I was looking up a bunch of them. This is one of those locations that Harry Potter fans can go visit because I think some of Harry Potter was shot not at either of these castles, but another castle. In Harry Potter was shot at the castle? Oh, no. Oh, no. Breaking news. Oh, it's okay. <laughs> some of it was filmed uh, at one of those castles. I think when they were doing like the broom riding or something like that. Harry Potter fans about to come for me if I'm wrong on that. <laughs> oh, <one. laughs> We're, we're gonna have to replay. Yeah. You're done. They're gonna they're gonna cast a spell. It's gonna be a whole thing. It's mm -hmm. it's, just, it's gonna be a nightmare. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. But yeah, the Shea Dugengen. Scary. Scary name. Yeah, I also I mentioned. That. That's why it's scary because I'm not gonna sit here and try. It's to... a nightmare to try and pronounce. <laughs> I know. I think I pronounced it three different times just talking about it. <laughs> three different ways. I mean, um, I actually in the in the earlier part of the history of Northumberland, I had briefly mentioned the house at Howick, which was, the, they found the foundation of this and archeologists have been basically looking at this for, for a while now. And they've dated the foundation of this structure back nine to 10,000 years. I think they said 7,700 BC, which is what they dated it to, which is insane. And it's not necessarily haunted. The reason I, What's it haunted Rod by dinosaurs? I know. Well, ago. It's wolves from the, Meso the Mesolithic age, which is like the Middle Stone Age. And it basically, I included it basically just to reference like how far back we can trace human civilization in this particular area, which just goes to show how much 
history is in this area. Like, I don't think we can trace anything that far back in the United States for sure. But that's just, it just goes to show like how much history is in this My area. Birthday. You could tra- trace that back to at least 50 years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no hauntings there that I know of. If maybe somebody from the area, if they're in chat, they can tell us if they do know of any hauntings at the old Howick house, but none that I could find. It looked like a hobbit house. It did. Yeah. They basically, they basically reconstructed what they think it might've looked like. And it kind of looks like a teepee, but they would cover it in thatch and mud and stuff like that. So it's pretty interesting that they were even able to find the foundation of this thing because it's basically completely made of dirt and sticks and grass. Pile of dirt. Yeah. The actual first haunted castle that we looked at was Lindisfarna, which uh, we mentioned a little bit of the history of this place. It's called, known as the Holy Island. It was built to be basically uh, a building for monks to hang out and do their monk things. <laughs> Trying to just be as historically accurate as possible here. Just monking around. <laughs> <laughs> monking around. This place was pummeled to ruins from Viking raids over the years, and it is still pretty much ruins. The castle's in decent shape. Some of the... Uh, some of it is in decent shape, but for the most part, it is basically just ruins. Still pretty cool to look at. And the ghost that haunts there is believed to be the ghost of St. Cuthbert because of that weird situation where they dug up his body and years after his death found that it hadn't decomposed at all, which is unusual. So that's how they were like, oh, this guy's should he's be a, a saint. He's a vampire. I know. He's a vampire. They I guess this depends on him. where you are. because. <laughs> Because last, you know, the side content last week was they dug you up and you were still not decomposed. You were a vampire over here. You're a saint. So I guess it depends where you uh, where you died at around this time. To... God damn it. <laughs> Dropping a dollar 99 cents in Super Chat saying, my name is Jesse and the moon landing was real. Hey, I've never I've never said it otherwise. At least That's not true. on the show. I haven't been drinking, <laughs> so I'm not going not gonna to change. I'm not going to change my mind on that. Definitely real for sure. Jesse's opinion on the moon landing do not necessarily reflect the opinions of hometown ghost stories as an entity. Oh, so you don't think it was real? Because I just said it was real. It's <laughs> not what I said. There's real conspiracy theorists. You are a coward. All right. <laughs> so it's believed to be the ghost of St. Cuthbert that's haunting the island. But to be fair, it could be St. Aidan. He was also there for a period of time. It could have been St. Cheowulf, who was buried beside Cuthbert. His body was moved several decades after its original burial also. And they moved his body to Norham up in Tweed and they moved his head. Where else would you move it? (laughs) But they sent his head to Durham Cathedral. Yeah. Now this was a thing they used to do with saints back then, back in the, you know, they they do it. They would, they would basically dismember the saint and send different parts of his body to different lords in the area and everybody would want a part of this saint because they believe for lack of a better term it would bring them luck now luck is what they're talking luck about, and it but... was also like they thought that it would have like healing powers so they right. would uh they'd bring it around and it, it was it was a holy relic it was like they would go around with that they would go around with what they thought might have been pieces of uh the cross that jesus was crucified on you have all these different holy relics and these are still in uh different churches in europe today there were several churches that I've been to where they still have, it's almost morbid to think about because you don't really get it out here, but we were going to churches and they would literally have the skulls of saints like in like a glass box and I work in the box. This is, I'm talking about traveling again. This is in Greece. <laughs> in several different uh, monasteries that we'd go to, there was like the finger bone of this saint and then the like literally three skulls of different saints that were just in this, you know, glass case or whatever. And it's, it's, you know, different cultures do these kinds of things, but it, back in the day, they thought it had like healing properties and there was different reasons that they would move these things about. It sounds kind of morbid, right? Like, all right, this saint is dead. All right, let's chop him up and send him all over the country. It sounds like a, something you do with a criminal, but that's just different cultures do different things. Speaking of which, I think this is the perfect time to let everyone know that as a $20 Patreon member, after our death, we will send you a part of our body for luck. So... You want to sign up now for that, just in case anything happens. Yeah, once, we, once we, we release lock that in. <laughs> once we release the fifty dollars tier, we'll do it before we even die. We'll yeah. start cutting pieces off and sending them out. So <laughs> you'll get like a random it. thumb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think so. We, I think it was Velcro Fish Sticks in chat that said 
a saint wouldn't be haunting because they would be brought up to heaven, which is a good point. But if you're haunting, right? If, if we look at reasons why we think ghosts haunt after they're dead, one of those things would be desecration of a body or a grave. So if you're, if these, these people are being dug up, saint or not, and being dismembered and sent all, all, all across the country for whatever reason, that could be, I don't know, a loophole <laughs> for, for lack of a better term, but that could be a reason. I mean, that's a pretty good reason for a haunting, if you ask me, is digging up a body and chopping it to pieces after it's been buried. I would say so. Who knows? We don't make the rules. My favorite part of this story, however, is the ghost dog that just hangs out with his ghost saint buddy. I think that's my favorite hauntings are, are you know, good old boys, good boys haunting with their with their owners after their death. If my dog were to haunt me after my death, she would just follow me around, fall asleep literally anywhere, and just fart <laughs> on all my clothes <laughs> and tap dance on your wood floor when you're trying to. Stream. Only when I'm trying to record or stream. Yeah. Other than that, she's sleeping at all times. Yes. Exactly. Uh, but that's the Lindisfarne Castle and the hauntings there. And from there, we move over to the main location that I covered in this episode, and that was the Bambra Castle, formerly Bambra. known as Bebenberg. <laughs> A lot of history here. So they, they can trace this back as far as records go to 547. And that's basically where a lot of sources say like, this is the earliest known date that this castle can be traced to. And that was when Ida the flame bearer came in and took it over and made it his seat. But the fact that the first record that exists says that the fort was taken over suggests that it was there before 547, even though there's no record for it. So we know it's a lot older than that. And they, I saw a report that it could be as old as 420 uh, AD. So this place, I think this might be the oldest location that we've covered. Correct me if I'm wrong. If something, anything else comes to mind, I can't think of anything older. Plymouth Rock. Covered. Plymouth yeah. Rock, that's Plymouth right. Plymouth Rock has that's definitely right. been around longer. Rock's Six, been there a while. 1620 BC, I think. That's not when the rock was born. <laughs> when was the rock born? <laughs> I think 1970, 1971 or something like that. Yeah. Whenever they, whenever they put it in its cool hole. I don't know. I was talking about the rock, the actor. The rock. Also, oh, yeah. Um, sure. Hey. So we all, I mean, you could scratch off your bingo card. Usually at this point, you can scratch off the lady in white or the lady in blue or whatever. This is, I think, our first lady in pink. We've got the pink lady of Bambra Castle. And this is, even though we don't have a lot of lady in pink ghosts, this is kind of a story that we hear a lot. And it's a story of, of a princess that was basically told who she can or can't fall in love with by her father. And this was a pretty sad story where he, the father found out that the daughter was talking to somebody he didn't think was worthy of her. So he does what any father would do in that situation and put him on a ship and send him away for seven years. <laughs> <laughs> Completely irrational. And then he can't figure out why his daughter is all depressed. Well, that's because you're being possessive. Well, maybe she was being a little ridiculous. Could have been eight years. Could have been eight years. Mm -hmm. Seven years is almost eight years. That's a good point. Yep. That's a good point. But she's, uh, he sends him away and then he makes up a lie that he found somebody else and married that person. And, shockingly she doesn't that doesn't make her feel better at all makes her uh, sink deeper into depression so he tries to solve it by having a dress made for her which in the ultimate fuck you move puts the dress on and then jumps off the wall of the castle come to at find least out. she liked the dress i don't think she did i don't think she did jesse i think that's the point <laughs> wouldn't be the thing I, I, I don't know you don't want to make light of a suicide too soon too soon for sure what year was this they don't know 12 AD, I think, something like that. Yeah, there's no there's no date attached to this. There's also no names attached to this. So this is one of those things that could just be a legend. Maybe one of those things that was fabricated after the sighting of the ghost. And they're, you know, they're backfilling the story. But I don't know one way or another, so it's not fair to assume that. But that is the legend of the pink lady of Bambra Castle, who can be seen wandering the halls and then gliding off the wall onto the beach where the apparition sits by the shore, presumably waiting for her lover to come back. Sad story. 
It's a sad story. Cool haunting. Um, obviously concerning if people are seeing it and thinking it's an actual woman jumping off the wall. That's obviously terrifying. We've seen that in a few places. We saw that in the place that had the tower for no reason in like the city hall or whatever. And oh, yeah. we saw that at uh, Eiffel Tower is people mm-hmm. seeing people jump off. And um, there was one other cathedral, I believe, also in the UK. Yeah, remember, but yeah, there's there's a, there's a lot of them. That's that's a common haunting, actually. Not just a woman in a dress, because you get that all the time. This one, luckily, wasn't a woman in white or a woman in a black dress. We got a woman in a pink dress. So switching up the colors on us, that's always good to see. But uh, ter- terrifying haunting. Yep. Speaking of ghosts of particular colors, we have Green Jane. So the Pink Lady and Green Jane are the two major hauntings of this castle. Green Jane, an equally sad story. Definitely equally. I was going to say maybe more sad, but I don't know. Dead is dead and dead is sad. But this was a peasant girl, and she was basically sent to the castle by her parents to collect scraps of food. She had a baby with her. The story didn't specify whether it was her baby or if she just brought the baby as like a prop. Just, get, found, just found it. Just picked know. it up on somebody, the way. Somebody in chat, I don't know if they were joking or not, said she stole the baby on the way to the castle. <laughs> Sounds like they might have been joking, but who knows? You can't rule it out, but I, I would say most likely it was her baby. Most likely her baby. That makes the most sense. And then the guards, when she got to the castle, acted like real jerks, and they bullied her and shoved her down the stairs. Probably didn't mean to kill her, but did one way or another. And now her ghost haunts the castle in a very disturbing manner people hear her scream they hear her crying they hear the baby crying and people have seen her apparition standing at the top of the stairs stumble and then disappear when they try and help so Mm. a pretty unique haunting but it's one that is witnessed by lots of people and this one goes back decades that we know of as far as people citing the ghosts so what we like about ghost stories is consistency and both of these ghosts have had multiple sightings over the years. God, they've been there for so long, too. There's also sounds of the baby crying, too, correct? Yeah. Yeah, so you get that sound. Like how many hundreds and hundreds of years do you are you stuck here haunting a place? It's kind of terrifying to think about, just a perpetual loop of falling down the stairs. That's a tough That's a that tough, tough. Uh, tough haunting there. And the poor baby's been crying for hundreds, if not thousands of years. It's brutal. Yeah, well, I mean, the theory as far as the dimension that ghosts reside is that they wouldn't have any perception of time. So I guess it's not the same way we view it anyways. Mm. That's the theory. Who knows? You do but, have to wonder, like, again, you say there's no perception of time. That's a theory. Then it's like, do you, do you think the hauntings are more intense when they first start out? Or do you think this different kind of hauntings might fade out over time? That, that is a theory, right? So that's what I was going to get into on this. You hear these stories of hauntings that led up to a certain time frame, and then you don't hear from them anymore. And then sometimes after 30 years, the hauntings begin again, or they just completely fade away. And I wonder if some of that is people holding on to legends and legends dying, or if hauntings just begin to evolve or end. And when I say evolve, it's shadow people, right? A haunting of the lady falling down the stairs. They think that sometimes these hauntings can evolve into the shadow-like figures that you see rather than just seeing her perpetually falling down the stairs over and over again. She becomes a shadow person. Yeah. And there's different theories about this also. You You could say that if the theory is a ghost needs to draw energy in order to manifest itself as an apparition... Well, that would be the answer to that. It's not time that dulls the haunting. It would be whether or not there's a source of energy for it to draw from. So that would be, and that for me, that's probably the, that's the theory that I buy into the most, if any, that if, if there, that it has something to do with energy. And yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure each case is a little bit different. I don't think like, like we've said a billion times, there isn't like a set of rules to what can trigger a haunting, but yeah, it's either going to draw energy, judging off what we've learned, it's either going to draw energy off something or something has to be disturbed. So you see it a lot when people go into locations and renovate, right? You see that the, the, either the building is getting disturbed or the breaking of bricks is releasing water that hasn't been released in 50 to a hundred years or whatever. Everything has water in it. So if you're going with the the water theory, I don't think we've ever mentioned the stone tape theory on this show, but there's that Not as once. well. <laughs> but there's there's a whole lot of things I think that can trigger a haunting. And I, I bet some hauntings get more serious over time and some might some might fade away over time. I don't know. 
Yeah. Who knows if there are rules, we don't make yeah. them. Well, there's also the process of exercising building. So you bring in priests or whatever and help spirits to move on or exorcists or whatever. There's a, all, all sorts of different hauntings, all different ways that it could go for sure. Right. Other hauntings in this castle are in Norman's keep, which is the oldest part of the castle. Visitors report sensing something in the air or even a feeling that they have been touched, then turning to discover that no one was there. Others have seen or heard furniture being moved around when there was no one else in the room. My favorite haunting in Norman's Keep is an armor-clad knight that is often heard stomping about the castle, sometimes rattling chains. Just Andrew. <laughs> I know. Just it's Andrew. silly. It's silly, but it's fucking terrifying, isn't it? Yeah, like, it like, we, we had a screaming night in, in Newport, and that was awesome. But because we were like, dude, that's hilarious. This fucking suit of armor is just screaming in the in the hall. Like, what's he doing over there? What's he, what's he so upset about? But if you're there, if you hear a scream in a house when you're supposed to be alone, that is fucking concerning. So Absolutely. It's the same thing with a suit of armor stomping around. I would think that thing's going to hurt me. Jesus. Especially if you're there by yourself and you just hear it echoing down the hallway. Yeah. And you just hear a suit of armor, like picking up pace, coming towards you, just slowly clanking. And then it's fastly like running a little bit or something towards you. Yeah. Be a, be a very concerning situation. Yeah, I would say so. There's a couple of different theories behind the stomping knight ghost. <laughs> uh, some people believe it is the knight of Sir Lancelot, who was one of King Arthur's knights of the round table. And the reason behind that is because Sir Lancelot's uh, fictional castle of joyous guard is believed to be Bambra. So there it was, was either that or when he ran into that castle to save the dude who was singing in the tower, he killed all the wedding guests. That's true. That's true. I love that reference. That would be a Monty Python on the Holy Grail reference. I'm here for all the Monty Python references all the time. All the time. Andrew, says, Andrew says it's Sir Dance a lot. <laughs> yeah, have, you, have we ruled out the possibility that the suit of armor is actually dancing and not just stomping down the halls? That would what be better amazing. time to practice than in the middle of the night? Oh, man. I love it. Also, there are reports of ghost children that run through the corridors and mess with the lights. So... We know that's going to divide the chat, whether or not ghost children are just sad children ghosts or actual demons posing as children. We're pretty torn on what this could be. But if they're running around playing with the lights, I don't know. To me, that sounds kind of childish. Could just right. be, a, could be a childish demon. It could be a childish demon. Who knows? There's one ghost story of this at this castle, which I think is a lot of fun. This is one that I am very certain is just one of those legends and tales that were made up. But uh, it's still pretty fun and interesting, so I'm going to tell it to you anyway. So this is the story of the ghost of a witch that is believed to haunt Bambra Castle. She's known as the Ghastly Woman. A wicked lady married the king of Northumbria. The king had two kids already, and everyone loved the princess more than her new stepmother. So the woman, who was secretly a witch, turned the girl into a hideous worm. The girl's brother. Sounds then, real already. I'm exactly. Already this is I mean, this is a major story at this at this location, though. It's it's told. Most people accept it for what it is. Yeah. Word for word. Word for word. Exactly. Turned her into a hideous worm. Her and her brother was uh, not thrilled about this, so he challenged the witch to a battle, and he defeated her using her own magic against her, and turned her into a toad banishing her to the bottom of the Anglo-Saxon well forever. Now this Sorry. well- I got lost reading Papa Squatch's comment, which says the ghost knight is the dad of a ghost, of the ghost kids. He stomps around turning off all the damn lights. <laughs> but where are we in the story now? Did one turn one into a worm and the other one came back and turned her into a frog? So are we at a worm and a frog battle right now? Sort of. So the worm, the worm was the princess. Wait, and the, did the she angry get better? I got better. She turned me into a newt. <laughs> you don't look like a newt. <laughs> the evil stepmother witch turned the beautiful princess into a worm. Nope. An ugly worm. An, an ugly, ugly worm. worm. She's not a beautiful worm. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. The brother hated that so much that he challenged the witch to a battle. And he used her magic against her and turned her into a toad and he banished her to the bottom of the Anglo-Saxon well. This is a well that exists in the castle. You can still see it. It is still bolted shut. And 
So we're back cool. to frogs and wells, huh? I, I was just about to say. Oh, thunk it. <laughs> <laughs> Never thought this would come up again. All right, here we are. Yet here we are. So people believe that there's still a toad witch at the bottom of this well, all upset. What happened to the ugly worm lady? I don't know. I think she probably stayed a worm. It's, okay. I think that the, the toad situation was revenge for the worm situation. Very sad stuff. <laughs> sad is one way to put it. I don't know. It's the most awesome story ever. It, it, it would be so much like that guy to be like, yeah, well, here's your magic. Now you're an ugly worm. Eh, you're a toad. Eh, that's fine. <laughs> Close, well. enough. Close, enough. <laughs> Close enough. I'm still working on this little magic spell that I stole from you. <laughs> Work out some kinks. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's the uh, the ghost of the witch of the toad witch in the well at Bamber Castle. Most likely just the realest of all the stories. Yeah, I would assume so. Yeah, I've mm -hmm. heard enough. That's definitely real. So the grounds surrounding Bamber Castle are also said to be haunted. We have the sand dunes, particularly, is a very disturbing place where a lot of things happen. Archaeologists have been uncovering human remains in the dunes. You got skeletons that date back as old as 1,500 years from far off places like France and Scandinavia. They are still finding these skeletons buried in the sand dunes to this day. Who knows how many are there? And now you don't know if you don't know what the origin is. You can trace where they came from somehow. I don't know how they do that, but they do. And this they're, holding, a castle. they're holding their birth certificate at death. Yeah, that's got to be it. That's the only thing that makes sense. You just told me someone turned into a worm. All right, like <laughs> an ugly worm. Wouldn't it have been her luck if when she turned her into a worm, she turned her into a beautiful worm by accident and all the worms were like fawning over her and she's like, oh, why'd I even bother? <laughs> it's the most beautiful worm I've ever seen. Also, when you look at a worm, have you ever looked at one worm compared to another worm and been like, wow, that is, that fucking one is ugly. Yeah. Compared to the other one. Yeah, definitely. I don't know. Yeah, ugly worm. Depends how long their legs are, I guess. <laughs> Rob has never seen a worm. <laughs> it's, been, it's been a rumor floating around here. Now I think it's all but been confirmed. Back to these dunes. At one point in history, the dunes were home to wreckers. And wreckers were people who lived in the area and on stormy nights would hide out near the shore and wait for cargo from shipwrecks to wash up on the beach so that they could loot them for any valuables. Sometimes bodies would, would wash up along with the cargo and sometimes survivors would wash up too but the wreckers would murder them so as to not leave any witnesses. Some people attribute these murders from the wreckers to the shadow creatures that now have been seen roaming the dooms, the dooms, the dunes, the dunes outside of Bamber Castle haunted by shadow figures. And also at some point in history, it was believed that there were witch covens in the dunes who would capture anyone who would stumble across them, burn them on pyres, except for their hands, which they would cut off before burning them for whatever which ritual reason they did that. There are some hauntings that are tied to these disembodied hands also, and some of them are pretty alarming. While Roman Polanski was filming Macbeth in 1970, part of the movie was shot in this area outside Bamber Castle. There were a whole bunch of extras who were very shocked to see hands coming out of the sand, and they were further shocked to learn that it was not part of the special effects. One cast member even claimed to see a disembodied hand crawling across the sand. Sand hands. Sand <laughs> hands. That's actually terrifying. That is a terrifying one. This isn't the only uh, instance of these disembodied hands haunting. In the 1980s, a local school took a, a uh, class trip to the castle, and the kids were holding hands walking down the beach. One girl near the end of the line looked oh, back, no. and she was horrified to find out that she was holding a severed hand. <laughs> she screamed, and the hand disappeared. Um, can I interject for a second? No. Yes. I have something to show everybody that I would like them to see. And I've taken the time and I've decided to see what a beautiful worm would look like. And <laughs> this is the result of what a beautiful worm would look like. So if you are watching on YouTube, you are quite welcome for seeing these images that will not haunt you for the rest of your evening. And if you're currently tripping on mushrooms, we apologize <laughs> for ruining your trip. <laughs> for audio listeners, I will. No, I'm not even going to bother. Uh, weird yeah. pictures that Rob has generated with AI of beautiful caterpillars or worms. <laughs> or worms. All right, but, continue, yeah. Dave. 
No, that's it. That is the entirety of the hauntings of Bamber Castle. Mm. A pretty mm. wide range of hauntings. We have traditional hauntings like the lady in the pink dress who flings herself from the wall, haunting that we hear time and time again, all the way to disembodied hands from witch covens that crawl on their own and seem to transcend time. So that is a pretty wide spectrum of hauntings as far as traditional versus unconventional hauntings go. It's absolutely nuts. I mean, you probably finished it with the scariest of all the hauntings, in my opinion. And for a lot of these hauntings, like when you're in the United States, we obviously have, we're, we're close enough to Salem, where you have the Salem witch trials, but those weren't really witches for the most part. You have so many of these stories where they're like, oh, in these woods, there were witches. But when you're talking about in England and you're talking about with Vikings and they had seers and they had women who were virtually witches at the time as part of their tribes or cultures or whatever, it's it was much more widespread back in the day. We're talking about a time where, God, there was just so much more superstition going on and, and witchcraft type rituals going on. Even if it wasn't witchcraft, it was probably looked at as witchcraft. So whether or not they were actually witches, they were doing some sort of dark stuff, tons of sacrifices, tons of death, tons of battles being fought on these grounds. It's insane to think that any of these castles wouldn't be haunted with the amount of crazy shit that's gone on over there for hundreds and hundreds of years. So it's, uh, it's definitely, it has made the list. It has yeah. made the list. It is on the list. 10,000 castles in the continent of Europe, I believe, is the number. And they're all haunted. Yeah. All of them. This, this one's pretty much like right on the line to Scotland. So it was just constantly being invaded by the Scots. Mm -hmm. And there was just constant battles going on. And you did, if you watch the show or you watch the movies and you're like, oh, yeah, the Scottish are coming again. And then you look at a map, you're like, oh, that's why. Because they're right there. <laughs> so they kept trying. But it, it, it really is. Now, the, the castle today is nothing like it was back when it was Bebenburg. It's, that has, it was like a wooden structure that had since wooden fallen. Fort, yeah. They've built this giant castle. But you can understand why it was such a stronghold. And they made that a point in the series and everything. And... It was, you know, you had the ocean on one side, you had a cliff on the other side. It was like impenetrable. And it was uh, just such a cool looking castle. If you haven't looked it up, if you're an audio listener and you haven't seen this castle yet, definitely look it up. Come check out the YouTube video that was put together here or just Google it. Uh, but maybe just come here anyways. Just come here. Yeah. Just come here. That's a better idea. Yeah. Come here. Come here. Come here. Come here. Get over here. here. Yeah. <laughs> Swing on by. And we'll show you the castle, but very cool. Very cool haunting. All right. Do we want to get into some five-star reviews, gentlemen? Let's we do, do. All right. The first one is from The Stroop Kid, titled Great Show, Rob Deserves More Love. No. No, stop reading it. This show is a fantastic blend of history, comedy, and the paranormal. It's my go-to podcast, and I always look forward to listening each week. Thanks for all the hard work you put into making each episode. Dave and Jesse are great, but Rob is my favorite host. I've neglected to write a five-star review until now, but I felt like there needed to be more Rob appreciation in the reviews. You wrote this. Rob. This you doesn't exist. <laughs> Who did you con into writing this? Nobody likes you. I'm checking our account to see if money's been going to like one of those like Fiverr accounts or something. That's like, I will write five reviews for you. The next, If the next five reviews are positive Rob reviews, we know where that <laughs> Well, this one is from Lisa FX. Titled So Good I Had to Rate It Twice. I can't rec I can't recommend this show enough. It is the perfect balance of terrifying and hilarious. The ghost stories are told with dramatic storytelling. And then the hosts discuss the stories with a fair amount of skepticism and true brotherly banter. The best parts of the show come at the end when the chat is able to take every joke throughout the show and turn them into hilarious patron names just to hear the host struggle through. <laughs> I highly recommend some of the side content as well. The haunted headlines are my favorite. Love the show and community they are creating with their fan base. And then I have one more from Apple from Harry Cook titled Paranormal Perfection. I stumbled onto this podcast back in May 2023 after randomly searching for episodes on Penhurst Asylum, and I haven't stopped listening since. As someone who's always been interested in the paranormal, this podcast does it all from the introductory ghost story to the research and discussion surrounding each featured location. The banter between the hosts is great. It makes it feel like we're all in on one big inside joke. I cannot recommend this podcast enough. It really is the perfect podcast to get you through the workday. I also want to mention the Demon House on Bronzeville Road in Pittsburgh. 
Yes, there's an H in Pittsburgh. Yes, there's a weird holiday called H Day to celebrate the reality of the <laughs> Yinzers are strangely dedicated to the letter. It's now a bed and breakfast. So if you have 225 to $250 to spend per night, you can hang out with the demons. Oh, cool. So there's, we should look uh, into that. That's actually not a bad idea. That's pretty cool. I've never been to Pittsburgh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pittsburgh. And then we got a couple of Spotify reviews that are a little bit faster. First one's from Sean, titled Five Stars. These episodes are so much fun. And then David W., not David Wilkins, but David W., I love the show. Live in Scotland, so I don't get to view live, but I've never missed an episode. Love the side content, too. Keep up the good work. Hell yeah. Awesome. Thank you to everyone who left a review. If you haven't already, it's one of the best ways to support the show. Just swing on over to Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star review. We will read it out and leave it on Spotify. We will find it when we see it we do we do get the spotify ones it's just not as easy but we do get them so thank you guys so much continue to rate the show and if you've already done that and you're looking for a better way to support the show patreon is also an option not as free but for some apparently it is for our vips let's thank them real quick we have dave d we have kate and steve m blazora lost in colorado mountains we have glitter tees cami from washington jennifer p dakota g we have nick we have donnie n inspires gaming ellison v we have robert h boom, boom. this episode is dedicated to robert h who is alive and in chat right now we have confirmed <laughs> still waiting to make sure dave d is still alive but we're sure he's doing fine um we also have anna c we have jort wearing cola sipping evangelizing alien mallory k demon king mom and pops w and lisa j thank you so much for being vips for Words. the warren's wards <laughs> we have nefarious chad poles we have wahini pirate i hate rob eugene m arcade hunters siobhan not sharon kath q liz young dc chris Connolly, lbps founder next htg guest we have the other rachel b sarah cook stitch kitten ambie rose janice g lily rachel b we have captain mctibbles enjoys top shelf red robin liquor we have we have uh, you, you guys <laughs> another one all right we have we have stuckley tillinghost <laughs> next is mirror mirror on the wall i'm the prettiest worm of all <laughs> papa squatch mike does this look infected blake <laughs> we have jake v and we have northumberland mumble mumble drunks names steph a thank you so much for being part of the warren's wards next up we have the ghost pirate mafia kicking it off with probably dominique a dominique Domin- dominique i don't know <laughs> i don't know it looks like it's, it's just it looks like it says dominica Okay, we have Queen Chan's Revenge. We have Angel F, Monster Mom 04, Reed M, Lacey, Shannon K, Allie, Dark Snark, Captain McTibbles, Hastily Yeeting Rob, and Kermit's Orphaned Love Child. One of Ghost Rob's Yeeted Orphans. I love that those are back to back. Megan S, Morgan S, Mark Twain and the Haunted Grape, Julie S, Sharon V, Wayne C, Kelly C. Fuck! Next we have Nancy, followed by Nancy and Amp, semicolon, Nancy. Nancy, I don't know if that's how you plan that out. That's an an ampersand, and it's just supposed to say Nancy and Nancy. (laughs) Well, it has the ampersand as well. Anyways, uh, Crystal Quinn, Aaron A, Mina H, we have Kobe, we have Kobe. Uh, Daddy, Rob, Sassy, Toad, Witch. (laughs) Alicia E, we have Thick Boy, Freddie, allegedly half of the sudden yeeting Toad, Witch's Jazzy, Sand, Hands. (laughs) Nice. Allegedly. Next is uh, Ghost Knight stomping on the ugly witch worms, leaving <laughs> the pretty ones for Rob. That's so curious. That's so beautiful. It's birthday. It's my birthday. <laughs> Enjoy your birthday worms. <laughs> pretty birthday worms for Rob. Uh, Sam from Nepal, Joe R, Paul from St. Louis, Ashley M, Al Capone, Huggy Bear, Jesse's tap dancing, farting ghost dog. <laughs> Solar Flare, Mariah M, Kiralee J. Next, Antho, damn it, Rob interrupted me. <laughs> That's the name. He actually didn't interrupt me there. Brandon W. Hooper the Hellhound. Dave vs. 100 Alpha Frogs. And Sir Burlington Hammer Dick of Bedford. <laughs> Perfectly done. $3 a month will get you on Patreon. Thank you so much for joining. Next week, Rob, any idea yet? No. No, of course not. <laughs> this Friday, we're going to review the movie 13 Ghosts from 2001. So stay tuned for that. Make sure you watch that if you haven't already. It is an older movie, so we're going to spoil it as we always do. We love you all, and we will see you guys next week for a brand new episode of Hometown Ghost Stories. See ya. Peace.